Welcome back! It's the very special 20th episode of Velvet Owl Watches Movies So You Don't Have To. I'm not sure if this actually is the 20th episode. I've been recording a bunch of these at once to kind of have the stockpile for later when I'm not going to have time to really record these. And I don't really know what order I'm going to put these up in either. So this is the 20th episode. Happy 20th episode. If it's not, disregard and happy 17th or 53rd episode. Whichever one this ends up being. Um, I do have some sad news as one of our loyal listeners is no longer with us. I don't know if they're dead. Um, all I know is that this podcast has gone from three listens to two listens per episode. And I can't imagine any other reason someone would stop listening to this brilliant uh, state of brilliance. Yeah. Okay, maybe reasons like that is why people have stopped listening. So, tonight we're watching Dork Hunters and the Pirates of Tortuga. Um, So, I don't know if that's supposed to be like Spanish for turtle. So, if turtles are involved. um, I'm guessing Dork Hunters are hunters that hunt dorks. Uh, The... Description is the Dork Hunter's visit to a tropical island turns into an adventure when the team is captured by Davy Jones' crew of pirate dorks and ghost pirates. And that's just a double whammy there. Like, you've got pirate dorks and ghost pirates. That's like, you know, either one would be a handful to fight against, but both of them? What about ghost pirate dorks? I mean,. Are the ghost pirates, like, the pirates that weren't dorks? And how were the pirates that weren't dorks the ones that died and became ghosts? I mean, shouldn't the dork pirates die first? So many questions. This is an animated film, um, which seems to be based on an animated show. I don't know if the show or the film came first, though this is only, like, an hour long So I don't know if it really was made like a film or if it's just like a two-parter of the show that they shoved together and made a film. Um, But it is directed by Chris Evans. And I'm guessing it's not that Chris Evans from the MCU. No, I don't think Captain America directed this, but he might have. Who knows? Someone text him. Ask him if he's the same Chris Evans that directs Dork Hunters. So we start off with this, like, talking chihuahua who's wearing a pirate hat and wielding a pirate sword. And he's in this principal's office. And I guess he... I don't know if he's an alien or something, but he's probably the leader of something. Because the principal, a large woman, uh, is very subservient to him, a little chihuahua. Which, I mean, granted, if you've ever seen, like, one of those annoying women who have pet chihuahuas... They tend to be very subservient to their animals. Who am I kidding? We're all subservient to our pets. Have you ever really just stop and think about that? You know, they cry, we give them food. They poop, we clean it up. Like, seriously, like, that's just insane. Just imagine if I came into your house and I just pooped and said, clean it up. 
you'd punch me, wouldn't you? And well-deserved. But anyhow, like, she seems to be subservient, so I think he's the leader. And he's all excited because it's the last day of school. The principal is not because, you know, she's not going to get to boss around kids anymore. Which, you know, I've always suspected that principals are, like, on fucking power trips. And this just confirms it. At the very least, this principal, she's on a power trip. And so she's upset because she can't torture the kids. But Chihuahua tells her, well, that's okay because I've got a plan where you can torture people. We're going to Tortuga Island and they're going to be pirates. Um, You know, I don't know if they're dorks. Are these the dorks that are getting hunted? I mean... Yeah, the principal definitely seems like a dork, and I think by nature, chihuahuas are kind of dorks. Um, you know, like Beverly Hills Chihuahua, which I'm trying to picture, and in my mind, I keep getting confused with Beverly Hills Ninja, and that actually would be kind of a cool, like, crossover or something. Make that, Hollywood. <laughs> Chihuahua Ninja, or Ninja Chihuahua. I don't know which way it would be better, but make that film. But the Chihuahua says they're going to become pirates, and he gives the principal a hook. You know, like one of those play hooks that you pretend you're a pirate with, and she accidentally stabs herself with the hook, because she is a dork. Then we see what I assume are the dork hunters. You know, I mean, is it a prerequisite to have watched the show to know what's going on? Is really anything a prerequisite for what I watch on this podcast. This is all, like, just off my ass anyhow. But, you know, I think they're kind of dorky themselves. There's a pink-haired girl, a black girl, a blonde guy, and a slightly taller brunette guy and slightly shorter brunette guy. Those are the dark, the dork hunters, I assume. I think they're kind of dorky, but, you know, they look like they're cool and hip teenagers and fashion forward. And by the way, like, brunette guy just sounds weird, but I I don't like brown-haired guy either. Should I just... Slightly taller guy and slightly shorter guy. We'll go with that. You're going to assume they're brunettes, right? Because there's a blonde guy. And so it turns out that they're planning... To go to Tortuga Island. And the best part of it is there's going to be no dorks. And I imagine it's the kind of dorks like the Chihuahua and the Principal. That are aliens or something and they have to hunt. Because they don't want to hunt for the summer. They just want to hang out at Tortuga Island and have daiquiris or something. I don't know. They're underage so I don't think they could drink anyhow. And then we get a theme song, which leads credence, credence to my theory that this is just actually a two-parter and not an actual movie, um, which kind of sort of explains the premise. There's dork aliens that are trying to do something, and the dork hunters got to stop them. Yeah, it's not a very deep premise, um, but... The pink-haired girl is actually kind of hot. She kind of reminds me of Aaron E. Shurance. Remember Aaron E. Shurance? God damn, why did they get rid of her? Aside from, like, perverts like me just kind of drooling over her and all sorts of, like, just horrific fanfic online. 
Not that I've read any of it. No, seriously, I haven't read any of it. I just assume Rule 34, there has to be, like, sexy stories about Aaron Esurance. And I'm sure they're very sick and depraved. But, so anyways. And I'm not even sure if the Dork Hunters themselves are aliens. Or, like, how they seem to have superpowers. Because it looks like the black girl shoots lasers out of her eyes. Which is pretty cool, but... Man, I... I don't know. Why does she shoot lasers out of her eyes? Why does she have this power? So the Dork Hunters have a goldfish that I assume is their leader or something. And he's like the stereotypical old Jewish guy. You know, the... And I'm a mensch. Okay. I probably should stop there because, you know, A, it's a terrible impersonation. And B, it's just going to sound even worse and just it's bad but i think you you know the kind of like jewish um fuck who is that guy henny youngman not henny youngman um the guy who does crusty's dad jackie jackie jack <laughs> oh my god um jackie mason yes it's i mean i don't know maybe J- jackie mason is doing this voice but it sounds like a very bad impersonation of Jackie Mason. So you get the idea. So they land on Tortuga Island, and they notice, like, oh, hey, there's the principal and the chihuahua. Like, ooh, something's fishy about this. And the chihuahua bites the slightly shorter guy's leg. I don't know if they're aware that, you know, that chihuahua and the principal are dorks. Or some sort of aliens, or that the Chihuahua talks. Because they didn't seem like very, like, you know, what the hell, let's stop them. They kind of were like, oh, just ugh. We gotta be here with the principal and her Chihuahua. But a Jewish goldfish tells them that there was a story of treasure buried on Tortuga Island by Red Dork the Pirate. Ooh. Now, the Chihuahua has a pirate ship, which... Where did he get a pirate ship from? Like, he just had it. At first, I thought this was going to be like a dream sequence, that he's dreaming, he's like leading a pirate boat. But no, he's at an actual pirate ship full of, like, dork pirates, um, which I don't know where he picked them up, because on the flyover, it was just him and the principal. But he's got, like, this whole minion of, like, I dork aliens in pirate gear and they're rowing the boat which apparently the pirate ship is a like rowing ship instead of a sail ship that's just weird and the principal is trying to steer it but she doesn't really know and it just goes around in circles because she's such a dork but then they get onto the real rowboats to row to the island so i don't know i guess they're not they weren't on tortuga island um, so I forgot to mention they were on the plane with the Dork Hunters and the Jewish Goldfish, but they landed. So I guess maybe it's like, it's a resort and Tortuga Island, the actual island part is like just an island and I'm getting distracted cause there's like this giant like plant blowing in my window, but the shades are closed. So I just see like the shadow of this 
plant and it's kind of freaking me out. So, but they're taking the rowboats to Tortuga Island to go look for the treasure. Um, but again, I don't know where these aliens and these rowboats and this pirate ship. Um, the principal, she's seasick and she's starting to throw up. Why she's only seasick on the actual rowboats and not on the pirate ship, um, I don't know. So I've never been on either a rowboat or a pirate ship. So, and I also, I was going to say I don't get seasick, but again, I've, well, that's not true. I have been on boats and I have not gotten sick on a sea boat that I've been on. Um, but I don't know if a rowboat is different and make you more prone to get seasick, especially if you're a dork. So the dorks end up flinging one of their oars up in the air and it goes flying all the way across the sea and lands on the beach right next to where the dork hunters are and getting the pink-haired dork hunter all dirty, which upsets her because, you know, she's the uh, prissy one. Um, I expected more from Erin Insurance. You know, if it was Erin Insurance, she wouldn't mind getting down and dirty. But the guys sniff the ore and realize, hey, it smells like dorks. Because I guess the dorks must have, like, a very, like, specific smell to them. Um, which I guess if I was fully, like, versed in the dork hunter universe... I would know that, you know, dorks have, like, a very specific smell. So, you know, oh, my God, this is a dork ore. And so they think, well, you know, we did see the principal and the chihuahua. So I guess they know that those are dorks and do nothing about it. But they put two and two together and get 22. And they realize... You know, maybe the story that the Jewish goldfish told us about hidden treasure is true. So they go and decide, well, let's go hunting for treasure. Even though pink-haired girl would rather, you know, stay and, co and continue tanning. But she decides she's going to go with them because, you know, otherwise she would just be completely out of the story. And you can't have that. With pretty much no trouble at all, dork hunters find the dorks and the chihuahua and the principal. And the dorks are being forced to dig because they believe they know where the treasure is. Uh, you know, they got the map that has the X and X marks the spot. Um, I've always wondered how accurate treasure maps can be. Like, you know, they don't seem to have that much detail. So, you know, you got the X... It seems like the X could cover a large area. So how do you know specifically where you're supposed to dig? Um, I just have questions about that. The dork hunters, they're just worried because, you know, since they figured that they were just going to come out for a vacation, no one brought any weapons. So I'm guessing, unlike what we saw in the opening credits, the black girl doesn't actually shoot lasers from her eyes. She must need some sort of special device. So she's not a eye-shooting laser. <laughs> Her eyes don't shoot lasers normally. But luckily, the pink-haired girl did pack along a lipstick 
that also shoots lasers. Which seems like the type of thing you'd have to be very well trained for. Because you don't want to, like, be putting on lipstick and accidentally press the button and, whoops, your lips are just blown completely off. And she doesn't seem the type that got really well trained, but apparently she took to whatever training she had because she uh, can use the lipstick to perfectly shoot her name into a tree and just carve it out, which is, like, just... Fantastic, just one shot and she did it. That's or maybe it's like one of those, you know, those lights you press and it's set up to shoot out like a specific image of the light. So this laser is specifically just her name. And so it just burns her name into whatever it shoots at. That'd actually be kind of cool weapon. But unfortunately, the loud sound from the shooting laser catches the attention of the dorks, who then kidnap our crew. So the dorks force the dork hunters into a pit, which I guess is what they have as far as like for capturing. They put them in a pit and put some bamboo over the pit. And looking at it, it doesn't seem like the pit is really like that deep. So I imagine they could just kind of stand up and if the five of them just push together, could take this bamboo off the top of the pit. Um, but, you know, maybe it's just a forced perspective thing, and the pit is a lot deeper than it actually looks. Luckily, old Jewish goldfish has, like, a radar thingamajig. It let them, lets him know there's trouble, and he has a special camera that shows him that the dark hunters are being forced into this pit. Which, I don't know where the camera would actually be. Like, is the camera on one of the dork hunters? Or is it just, like, some, like, magic satellite camera that just zooms right in on the dork hunters? But he realizes he has to get into action. And by the way, he has a best friend that's one of those, like, astronaut diver things that you put into a fishbowl that blows bubbles because... It helps liven up the atmosphere or something. I don't know why people like that, but people do. And the Jewish goldfish, that's his best friend. And so both of them. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Both of them, even though as far as I can tell, the little astronaut diver is a complete inanimate object. Jump into the toilet, which leads them. Leads them well, they have to flush the toilet. They can't just go straight down the toilet. They need the propulsion of the toilet flushing, and it leads them straight into the sea. Which I have some questions about the plumbing on this island if you're sending the shit straight into the sea. Um, shouldn't you have, like, a whole sewer system that goes through and... Who am I kidding? I don't know how plumbing works. Uh, my complete knowledge of plumbing and sewers comes from... Super Mario Brothers, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And somehow I think neither one of those are very accurate descriptions. So for all I know, maybe toilets on islands are really rigged to go straight towards the sea. Might be just easier. But you gotta figure, because then in addition to the shit and piss going on there, you've got the toilet paper going down as well. 
And I just feel like this would quickly pollute the sea here. But maybe not that many people take a shit on the island. So maybe it's not as big of an issue. But, um, yeah, this little sea diver guy who's an inanimate object. The goldfish did not jump with him. The diver jumped on his own without the goldfish knowing that this was going to happen. So maybe it's not an inanimate object. Maybe... I don't know. It's just confusing to me. But the goldfish has to save the diver because the diver can't actually swim on his own, you know, being an inanimate object. And there's a giant, like, sea turtle monster that has caught their... They've caught his attention, and the sea monster is going to chase after them. The Dork Hunters don't need help escaping, though. Because the blonde guy is a super genius that realizes, Hey, wait a minute. We have a tube of lipstick that shoots lasers. Let's not... Why don't we use it? And luckily, the dorks are so bad, they let the pink-haired girl keep her purse. I mean, I would think, like, if you... Captured prisoners, you would confiscate, like, their purse and make sure they didn't have weapons that they could use. For example, an iron and a golf club that for some reason are in their purse. As well as a tube of lipstick that shoots fucking lasers. That's the type of thing. If I ever capture prisoners, because it's very likely I might one day join some sort of weird gang that may have to capture prisoners. If I ever find myself in that situation, I am definitely gonna make sure that they don't have a tube of lipstick that shoots lasers. So, they use the lasers to shoot and destroy a palm tree that falls down, falls through the bamboo, and creates a little uh, walkway for them to climb up. And pink-haired girl, who has to be the fucking stupidest dork hunter in the history of dork hunters looks at it and goes okay so what do we do now jesus mother fucking you know i don't advocate violence against women but she's a cartoon so it's okay i want to punch her in the face you climb the fucking tree I, I can't believe you needed that one spelled out for you. But climb the tree they do, and they escape. So the dorks are still digging. Not digging for fire, as the pixies would say, but digging for a red dork's treasure. When the chihuahua, he's got to go to the bathroom. I don't know if it's number one or number two, but apparently the principal lady has to carry him over to the tree. Which I think is just laziness, and he's just kind of showing off his power at this point. Because seriously, the tree's like three feet away, and you're a fucking walking, talking chihuahua. Even if you were just a normal chihuahua, I think that's close enough for you to walk over and do your business. And then he starts digging. Which, I don't know, isn't that more a cat thing to kind of dig and cover their poop? Don't 
dogs just leave it there like, fuck you, you're cleaning it up. But anyways, he's digging for whatever reason chihuahuas need to dig after using the bathroom. When he stumbles across the treasure chest. And see what I mean about the X on treasure maps not being accurate? It kind of covers a wide area, so you don't know exactly where you're supposed to dig. So sometimes you gotta gotta dig a few holes to find it. So he finds the treasure chest. And this isn't like a regular treasure chest. This is Red Dork's treasure, so apparently it's not like gold in it. It's like some sort of intergalactic power source. So you have to be extra careful, but one of the dorks is kind of careless and almost drops it. So Chihuahua gets all pissed off. Um... I should remind you folks that the Chihuahua is still dressed like a pirate captain, and it's kind of adorable. If he wasn't like a Chihuahua and fucking a vicious asshole, not because he's secretly a dork leader, Chihuahuas are just fucking assholes, but he's adorable in his pirate costume. So he shoots the dork that almost dropped the treasure chest because, you know, this could blow everything up because this evil power source, which, if this is like a giant power source, why bury it in the first place? Do you just not give consideration to the fact that, okay, now maybe uh, over time, the power might start seeping through and uh, contaminate the land around it? No. Red Dork did not ponder these type of things. He did not give consideration. He is a fucking asshole. Dark Hunters, they're watching everything happen, and they think to themselves, okay, what can we do? Because the only weapon we have is the lipstick that shoots lasers. Which, granted, I mean, is an awesome weapon, and could probably take a couple of these dorks down. But, I don't know how much charge a lipstick would have, as far as laser shooting. Because, especially if it's still got a hold lipstick in it, which apparently it does, because she was putting lipstick on with it. Yeah, it probably doesn't have a lot of, like, laser juice to it. So they decide, let's call the Jewish goldfish for help. But he's not answering, because he's stuck in the sea. I don't know what that voice was that I just did. And he's currently being chased by this sort of turtle serpent eel monster. And he just is barely manages to get out of the grasps of these claws with its alien-like little mouth. Not like regular alien, I'm talking specifically about the movie Alien, um, whatever the fuck they were called. Um, you know, the one that had, like, the little alien mouth come out, or the little alien head come out of its mouth. I am losing all sorts of credibility points by not knowing these things. So, you know... I guess it makes sense why people are not listening to this anymore. I am just speaking into the void. So the dorks manage to get back to their pirate ship, while the dork hunters are like, Oh no, what do we do? The ship's going to leave without us, and we have no way to get off this island. So they decide, Well, we'll take the laser lipstick and shoot a hole in the ship to make it sink. Um, and then the dork hunter, the, not the dork hunters, the dorks, still managed to get away because they had a special motor in the ship that's going to allow them to sail the ship quick, 
quickly enough that they'll get back to land before they sink. But thing I question now is, what was the plan to get off the island if they did succeed in sinking the ship? They, because they're all upset that the pirate ship got away, and that means they're stuck on the island. But if the sank, if the ship sank, they still would have been stuck on the island. They would have had no way. I mean, I guess the idea is that they'd row back to shore on the rowboats. Except, you know, the dorks would probably row the other way to the other land where they could get away. They probably wouldn't row back to the island, pick you up, and then row all the way back to regular land. Your, your plan is flawed in all ways, you dork hunters who are dorkier than the dorks. So the black girl decides, well, let's call the old Jewish goldfish to come save us. But still, no answer at the phone, because he's still underwater, being chased by the sea serpent turtle. But he does escape by hiding in a cave, but... Oh no, dun-dun-dun, it's not a cave. It's a whale! And the whale has swallowed them, but they think, well, we'll just hide out into the mouth. But no, the whale's tongue pushes them towards the whale's stomach. How will they get out of it? Poor old Jewish man. Now he knows what it felt like for Jonah and the whale. Was it Jonah? Or was it Micah? No, no, no. I'm pretty sure Jonah was the one in the whale. The Jonah brothers. Have whale of a time. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I, I don't know any Jonas Brothers songs. So on the island, the dork hunters decide, you know, they need to get off, so they're going to build a raft using the perfectly cut logs that just happen to be laying around. And holy fuck, one of them's like an alien or some shit because he's got a log frog tongue. A long frog tongue, not a log frog tongue. That would be kind of completely different. Imagine if your tongue was a log. But, so, yeah, he uses his, like, frog tongue, which is super strong as well, to help, like, carry the wood to build this raft. Meanwhile, the old Jewish goldfish uh, lands in the stomach of the whale, and there's lots of just bad furniture all around. And he says, Oi, this whale has swallowed more junk than the public on election day. Yeah, I can't do a good impersonation. If I could do impersonations, that would be my job, not doing this podcast. But, yeah, that's some great, like, political satire just shoved in there. Ha, ha, ha. But he's not alone in the stomach of the whale, because there's the ghosts of Redbeard, or not Redbeard, Davy Jones and his pirate crew, which doesn't bode well, really, if, you know, I guess the last people that got trapped in the whale are ghosts now. They're dead. They've been digested. And all that's left is their spirits. And they're lonely because they want a pet. And the Jewish goldfish being a goldfish, he's just become their pet. But then they've got a ringing on his emergency cell phone that apparently the dork hunters had forgotten about 
and decided, hey, let's try him on the emergency cell phone since he's not answering on the first cell phone, which we've tried like 20 times. Um, I mean, if I knew someone had an emergency cell phone, probably three, four, maybe five times tops before I hit up the emergency phone and be like, okay, dude's not answering. This is a fucking emergency. We're stuck in on an island. You know what? That's a true emergency. I probably would be trying on the second try. Oh, you didn't answer the regular phone? Dude, the dorks have taken the power source, and we're stuck on an island. That qualifies as an emergency. I'm fucking dialing the emergency phone right now. And so it's decided that, you know, the goldfish can't really do much because he's stuck inside of a whale. But the dork hunters can't really help him right now because they need to focus on getting that and energy power source back so they're going to focus on that and i'm not sure if it's the same dork hunter who's the alien or if there's a second one that's also an alien because there's the two guys that kind of look alike the two non-blondes you know linda perry's uh side project two non-blondes what's going on but yeah i'm gonna assume it's the same alien Because he's also got powerful frog legs. And he's going to use them to help push the raft quickly. Which, dude, you got this fucking super strong freak guy. And you haven't been using him at all. I'm disappointed in you, dork hunters. And it turns out that the ghost pirates are trapped inside the whale. Even though they're ghosts and could theoretically just, you know, ghost their way out through the whale's stomach or in, through the walls of his body, whatever. But they're trapped there because there's a curse from Blackbeard. And the only way to stop the curse from Blackbeard is the amulet from Bluebeard. But the amulet is trapped in Davy Jones' locker, which luckily is near the coast of Tortuga Island, the island that they are currently near. So it's decided that the goldfish will have to go and get the amulet to free the ghosts. And they're holding on to his friend diver inanimate object thing to make sure he comes back. Because how does he get out? Because the whale blows through its blowhole. Science. I don't know. I don't remember if I skipped that day in school or if I just slept through it. So I don't really know how... The blowhole works, it just shoots water out of there, and we'll just go with it. The old Jewish goldfish, he's out of the whale, and he's off to find Davy Jones's locker. The dorks get saved by a passing cruise ship that's called the Titanic 2. So it must be a hipster cruise ship, because that name's got to be ironic, right? Because who the fuck A would name their ship the titanic 2 and b who would go on a ship called the titanic 2 i don't know was was this made in like the late 90s when titanic was the super huge movie and people are signing up for this for hoping to see kate winslet's boobs um because that might be the only way to get me on a cruise ship if the cruise ship was their slogan was like come on our cruise ship and you can see kate winslet's boobs i'd be like I am down for that. And that's the only... There was a movie called Titanic 2, which was about, like, 
that pretty much they were just tempting fate by calling their ship the Titanic 2. But in that case, it actually was, like, a refurbished Titanic. And, of course, it sank because people are idiots. You don't tempt fate by calling your ship Titanic 2. I hope this ship sinks. But the Dork Hunters managed to get their raft in time to also catch the cruise ship. Meanwhile, Goldfish doesn't really know, like, where to find Davy Jones' locker. Luckily, a mermaid tells him where, and he says that she's got a nice tail. Get it? Ha ha ha. Some dirty wink-wink jokes for the adults who are forced to watch this track. Me. And, yeah, that wasn't a very good joke for the adults. That was just... Ugh. She did have a nice tail, though. And so he finds J.V. Jones' locker, which is, you know, literally a locker. And, unfortunately, Davy Jones didn't give him the combination to the lock. But, luckily, a shark attempting to eat the Jewish goldfish and misses, but his jaws are powerful enough to break open this locker. That or... The locker was just a very shitty made locker. And so... Anyhow, the locker's open. Goldfish has the amulet and he's gonna swim back. The Dork Hunters can only get a room in the cabin on the cruise ship. This is the cabin? You know, the bottom floor. Like the basement equivalent for a cruise ship. They called it a cabin. But that's all they could get because... The ship was full. Mind you, it's called the Titanic 2. Titanic 2. The ship that sank. That's just... You're tempting fate there. I would not risk it. Because if the first Titanic sank, and you might say, well, this is a tropical island, there's no icebergs. That's what they thought was the first Titanic. You never know where these icebergs are going to just pop up and attack. Meanwhile, the old Jewish goldfish, he's gotten the amulet back to the ghost pirates, who have a lot of trouble figuring out how to break the curse, because it's been so long they don't remember. Jewish goldfish somehow figures it out. I kind of blanked out and wasn't paying attention. Um, I was checking my Facebook, some interesting stuff going on. But, yeah, somehow the curse is broken, the whale shoots them out, and Jewish Goldfish lands into the drink of a lady who's on the cruise ship. She's a very large lady. That's very important, because they're about to make a fat joke. The fish says, Oh no, I've already been swallowed by one whale today. Hardy, har, har, har. Um, being fat myself, I really don't mind fat jokes. I just hate lame jokes. And I say that as someone that makes a lot of lame jokes. Just try a little harder, dork hunters. Some wacky hijinks as the ghost pirates, or pirate ghosts, if uh, anyone remembers that episode of South Park, where, they are, where the members of Korn argue if it's technically ghost pirates or pirate ghosts. Um... I didn't agree with their argument there on which one was which. I mean, I remember not agreeing with it. I don't remember what the argument was now. So just one of them meant that they were pirates before they became ghosts, and the other one meant that they became pirates after they were ghosts. 
but the ghost pirates, pirate ghosts, are scaring everyone who just then jump to their death. Well, it's a cartoon, so I imagine they don't actually die, but they jump off the ship much like they did on the original Titanic. Like I told you, it's cursed. It's haunted. You were tempting fate, Cruise Line, and now fate has come back to bite you in the ass. The ghost pirates are about to kill the dark hunters. Dork, not dark. Dark dorks. Um, but the Jewish goldfish tells them, hey, they're with me, in his annoying old Jewish voice. I bet the guy doing the voice isn't even Jewish himself. They should have hired Jackie Mason to do it, at least, if they were going to go for this. But, you know, so the pirates think, well, you know, they're your friends, so we're not going to kill them. However, we're going to take the treasure chest, because they found the treasure chest. They stole it from the aliens, from the dork aliens. Um, You know, I've noticed... As I get further towards the end of these podcasts, I have more trouble talking because watching these movies just kind of really kills brain cells. And yeah, so stuff happens. And the pirates have the treasure chest and the chihuahua is no longer talking English. He's talking chihuahua, just barking and he tried shooting and... If the treasure chest falls, it's going to explode and something, I don't know. The stakes couldn't be lower. I could care less. I mean, I couldn't care less. Because if I could care... Well, no, I guess technically I could care less. Because I have a tiny little bit of caring. Because if they solve this, it'll be over. So I do care that they solve this and fix this problem. But I could care, I could care a little bit less. Just a tiny smidge of caring. So stuff happens, the good guys win, I assume. I'm not even watching the final five minutes of this. Maybe I could find something else to kill a little time. Let's let's see what's out, out there. Um, I was thinking of, you know doing an actual episode of the Dork Pirates, because maybe I could learn some backstory and figure this out, but... God, no, I can't do that to myself. I just... I just can't. So since we have some extra time, and I don't feel right in giving you a extra short episode, even though, I mean, I have done it in the past, and it's not like you pay for this anyhow... But I'm not letting you go. So I'm going to watch an episode of Darkest Africa. Or maybe it's Darkest Africa. Um, it's about a white guy. It's a show about a white guy who goes on an adventure in Africa. And it's from the 30s. So you just know it's going to be like cultural. Huh. Why do I have such trouble with words? Maybe that's why I'm not, like, a big popular podcast guy, because I stumble over words so much. But, you know, it's because I'm one of you. I'm not some high, fancy podcaster from a liberal college that studied 
at podcast school, I make the same mistakes you do. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is that this is a show from the 1930s about Africa and white people in Africa specifically on adventures. So you know it's going to be culturally sensitive. Now, I say show, but you might be thinking to yourselves, wait a minute, television didn't exist in the 30s, did it? And no, it did not. But this is a film serial, you know, those things like, they're like shows, but you had to go to the movie theater and pay money to see it. So it was something you actually wanted to see instead of just it being, well, there's only three channels that I can choose from, so I might as well watch this. Um, and I imagine it's probably more kids, because um, they're like, oh, cool, adventures. So this one stars Clyde Beatty, who in the credits is listed as the world's greatest wild animal trainer, and also Manuel King, who's credited as the world's youngest wild animal trainer. So this is just going to be exciting, isn't it? The greatest animal trainer and the youngest animal trainer. And it's a good thing you have the greatest animal trainer there. Because otherwise the youngest animal trainer might get eaten. Which unfortunately I guess means he's not going to get eaten. And okay my confusion has already started. Because even though the first title sequence said that Clyde Beatty and Manuel King are the stars of this. They're also listed under supporting cast. That's just blowing my mind. Did, was it in their contract just to get their names twice in the credits? Or, you know, do they have doppelgangers that also get credited? Or what is going on? Um, but this is all occurring while, you know, you got your stereotypical, like, African tribe doing, like, their drum circle jerk. And... I wonder if this was filmed on location in Africa, or was it just, like, in someone's backyard and the producer got, like, his five black friends to show up? This is Chapter 6, Prisoners of the High Priest, and we're getting a little, like, backstory, I guess, to catch us up in case we missed the first five chapters, like we did. And so Dagna is the high priest of the Golden Bat, and he's determined to become the king. Um, and he's very much a white guy. Just very, very much. So I guess this is a film, this is a series about colonization. White guy coming and just trying to take over Africa. And then there's Valerie, the unwilling goddess of the Golden Bat, who was brought to the sacred city by Dagna. So I'm guessing she's the prisoner of the high priest. And she's also white. Which, that's more understandable, because of course the high priest is going to steal a white girl, because, you know, you want the audience to be like, oh, this guy's bad. Had he stolen a black girl, the audience of the time would be like, nah. But, um, yeah, I'd kidnap her too. If I were a evil sorcerer thing. And then her brother, Baru, is like a little white kid, so I'm guessing he's the young uh, animal trainer. But he's brought Clyde Beatty, so I guess Clyde Beatty is playing himself in this? Um, but he's... Uh, Clyde Beatty is supposed to hopefully help rescue her.
And then we got Bonga, a highly intelligent ape, who's gonna, he's also gonna help. Um, I don't know if he's a talking ape yet or not, but... And then there's Craddock and Durkin, unsavory African traders, who help Dagna in the hope of rich reward. Ooh, I don't trust these guys. Um, they're also white. So maybe they're South African traders? So, I mean, or maybe they just African traders means they trade in Africa and not that they necessarily are from Africa themselves. But they could be South African. Maybe darkest Africa is South Africa, ironically. And Clyde Beatty, who succeeds in rescuing Valerie. Wait a minute. You just spoiled it for me that he rescues her? Or, I mean, did he rescue her and then she got recaptured? What the fuck? You're not supposed to tell me he rescued her. I'm watching this to find out if he rescues her. What's going on? And holy fuck, I may have to actually watch this whole thing at some point. Because the first thing we see are two guys dressed like Hawkman from DC Comics. A cross between Hawkman and Birdman. Because they can't have, like, real wings. They just got kind of... Just these really bad paper mache wings, and they've captured Clyde. And I don't know. I love them. I love them. I'm already rooting for the bad guys because they are so fucking cool. They're dressed like Hawkman. And so the two Hawkman soldiers tie Clyde up to a tree and don't do a very good job because they leave. And the lion, there's this lion that comes to attack, but Clyde easily like unties himself. Like, seriously, they did such a piss-poor job that his hands were just completely free to reach the knot that wasn't tied very tightly. And so he manages to untie himself right before the lion leaps at him. And there's a fucking hand-to-hand combat with this lion, which it really only looks like a combat because it's shot in, like, a super high speed. (laughs) It probably, if you slowed it down to normal speed, it'd probably just be, like, a playful tussle. He's because he's trained, you know, he's so the lion's probably trained as well. So he's not in any real danger, but it reminds me of The Gods Must Be Crazy, another film that takes place in Africa and possibly in a darker part of Africa than the darkest Africa. But uh, if you remember that film, like, I swear, like, I think just parts of it were shot at the wrong speed because it just randomly like speeds up and those all happen to be like the comedy scenes but if they were like slowed down they wouldn't really be comedy scenes so i don't think it was originally intended to be a comedy i think just parts of it filmed at the wrong speed and they're like ah whatever it's a comedy so the hawkeye soldiers the hawkman soldiers come back Because they didn't think to, you know, stick around and make sure Clyde gets eaten by the lion. And they see, like, oh, he's not there. So they call over their other, like, Hawkman soldier friend, who's flying! (laughs) Like, he... So I guess these guys can actually fly with these, like, bad papier-mâché wings. (laughs) Just, I mean, like, it's an obvious, like, zip line, but he's flying. That's fucking awesome. Again, I like these Hawkman soldiers more than Clyde. Although Clyde did just beat up a lion barehanded and i've always said like i would respect hunters if they like fought their prey 
hand-to-hand. And that's what Clyde did. So even though he's not technically a hunter, I respect Clyde for going hand-to-hand with a lion. But so the Hawkman soldiers, they're looking for Valerie and Clyde and the little boy. They're looking for Valerie, which if Clyde had rescued Valerie, as I'm guessing, since that's what the intro told me, how does he not know where she is? How did she disappear? You didn't do a very good job of, like, protecting her, Clyde. Um, I guess maybe if I saw Chapter 5, I'd know. This is what I get for coming in, like, halfway into the story. So, but sometimes that's how it is, you know? You buy a comic book, it's, like, issue 73, but it just had a really cool cover, and you're like, well, you know, I'm gonna check this out, because this guy looks like he's about to kick some ass. And so that's what I did. Clyde looks like he's about to kick some ass, and he did kick some ass. He kicked some lion ass, and the Hawkman soldiers have found them in the cave, and they're about to capture them. So they've captured Clyde and the little boy. Arrested them, actually. They say that they got arrested. So I'm, I'm glad that it's not just captured. This is a place of law and order and civilization. So they got arrested. And the head hawk man guy goes flying to let the high priest know about a couple of minutes before the other Hawkman soldiers sewed up with Clyde and the boy. So I don't know, like, how much urgency there was for him to fly over. I think he just wanted to fly. And I can't blame him. If I could, I would just fly everywhere. I'd be like, fuck this walking shit. I'm flying over. So they let the high priest know who's kind of like this like white guy swami type thing. I gotta say, we're like almost 10 minutes into this and I have yet to see any black people except for those black tribes guys underneath the credits. So, you know, this is darkest Africa, but they've got like the whitest people and like... The high priest, he's talking to, I guess, one of the African traders because he's got, like, that big giant safari hat. And they think, like, okay, we've got them captured and uh, the high priest is going to go tell the goddess is what they're calling Valerie. Which, why were the soldiers not sure where she was if she was still with the high priest? And how did, if Clyde rescued her... Did she get recaptured? What's going on? Man, I really, I think I might at some point just go back and watch this entire thing. Because this is just the type of, like, brilliant stupidity that I love. Because it's the whitest, darkest Africa. That is what I'm referring to it now. Now, the little boy is Valerie's brother. So she's asking for, like, some leniency for him. Because, you know, he should be spared because it's her brother. And, I mean, she is the goddess, so you'd think she should have, like, some special privilege. So the high priest asks the law guy, who's reading through a law book. So the high priest, he's, like, being genuine, I think, about, you know, seeing if they could spare her brother. But, unfortunately... The laws are the laws, and they strictly state that there are no exceptions for anyone. And since I think they killed someone, they have to be put to death. 
And that's just the way it is. And, again, you know, I do have some modicum of respect for, like, this evil society, because they do have a set of laws. They're just... And, apparently, they're gonna apply the law equally to everyone. It's not a system of, well, if you got connections, you can get out of it. It's just pure, the law is the law. And so they're going to take Clyde and the little boy to the dungeon. And finally, a black person. And I immediately regret asking to see a black person in this. Because it's just pure stereotypical. And he's not even African. He's like just pure-blooded black guy from America. And he seems to be Clyde's like sidekick or something. And he's off to find Clyde. And he's got, like, this giant, massive fucking, like, shotgun. Um, I don't know, an elephant gun, maybe? I didn't think those things were real. I've always seen them in, like, cartoons, like those giant, massive guns. And I thought, well, it's a cartoon, so of course they're gonna just exaggerate these things. But, no, seriously, this thing's, like, almost as fucking huge as he is. Maybe even bigger. And even though he's got this giant fucking gun, he's still, like, a scared-ass pussy guy... Because, you know, he's a black guy from America in the 30s, which means that he's just bumbling and, oh, shucks, oh, mister, I am scared of everything, whoa, wacky hijinks type guy, you know, just pure, I don't know, he might not even be black, it might be a white guy in blackface, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if they just put a white guy in blackface and said, here you go. But it's just your typical, like, Amos and Andy type shit. And he's just scared because he sees a cheetah. And then he's scared because he sees the flying Hawkman guard. Which, I'm thinking maybe he's the only one that can actually fly. Because then we see the other two Hawkman guards and they're just walking on the ground. And, I mean, I would think if they could fly, they'd also be flying. Or maybe they've been flying for so long, they're just over the thrill of it, and this other Hawkman guy is just so new to flying, I'm like, this is fucking the shit, I'm flying every fucking where, and the other guys are just like, uh, whatever, go have fun, Steve, we'll just be walking down here. So the lead Hawkman, he flies over back to see the high priest, to warn him that there's a blackie on the way. Okay, he didn't say blackie, but I feel like there's probably an outtake somewhere. Well, I don't know if they kept the outtakes back then. They probably just destroyed it. But I'm sure there was an outtake scene where he said, there's a blackie on the way. And everyone had a good laugh and said, oh, yeah, but we can't actually use that. So stick to the script. And so the high priest gives the command that this black guy has to be killed. Um... Which, yeah, because he's going to be the only black guy around. Because Darkest Africa is so fucking white. Like, jeez. Everyone's just fucking white in this city. Just, this boggles my mind. I love it and hate it at the same time. And so Valerie, she's pleading with the law guy. Um, who... Kind of looks like that old guy that was hiding the Judean people's front in Life of Brian. Or was it the people's front of Judea? 
But, you know, the one, like, oh, my eyes are old and my legs are stiff. When the Romans were trying to, like, ransack the house and look for them. So he look, he kind of reminds me of that guy. And he tells her, like, you know, there's nothing I can do. And he seems like he wants to help her. Considering he's the only person reading the law books, like, seriously, maybe he's the only one who can read in this city. I don't know why he's been in charge of the law book. You know, the high priest, he's not looking through the law book. He could have just fucking lied and said, like, oh, wait, yeah, no, there's a clause. We don't have to kill these guys, at least not her brother. But maybe he's just too honest. Maybe he cannot lie. But... So Valerie has decided she's got a plan that she's going to steal the key when someone comes close enough for her to reach out and grab the key. It's not very much of a plan, just, I'm going to steal the key. Not, not, not any sort of, okay, we're going to, you know, poison him or, you know, knock him out with some sort of soup that makes you very sleepy. No, just, he comes by, I'm taking the key. Okay, I misunderstood the plan. Her plan was, once the high priest left the high priest room, she was going to run in there and steal the key. Okay, so that's a better plan. And it's successful. And she manages to get out there before the high priest gets back. And I think the high priest, he senses that, okay, something's amiss. So he goes and he looks for the key, which isn't hidden very well. It's just in a box. And like, oh, the key's not there. And he doesn't look around for the key. So he's very sure of himself that he didn't accidentally leave the key somewhere else. Um, he's very sure, like, okay, the key was there, and it's not there anymore. So someone took it, and he's on the radio calling his guards that the key is missing. So Valerie makes it to the dungeon with the key, and she's freeing Clyde and her brother. The high priest and some Hawkman soldiers get there just in time to see them escape through a secret tunnel. Which apparently the high priest, I guess, doesn't really know much about this place. Because he doesn't, he didn't know about the secret tunnel. But the Hawkman soldiers know that the tunnel goes to the diamond mine. So that's where they're going to set their trap. So first they're going to have to release all the slaves from the diamond mine. Well, not release them, just move them somewhere else. And all the slaves are white. Again, it's just fucking, like, whitest Africa. Like, everyone is white, even the slaves. Which I guess is kind of better than there being just a lot of black slaves in this very otherwise white city. So once the slaves have been rounded out and taken out of the diamond mine, they unleash just lions, like 20 lions... And so Clyde, Valerie, and the young boy are left there to fend for themselves. Luckily, Clyde has some sticks and a whip for some reason. And he's, like, trying to tame the lions. But there's just too many. So the young boy, because remember, he is also the youngest animal trainer. So he gets a stick, and he goes to try to tame these lions. And in just a fucking hilarious shot all the lions just kind of walk by him completely uninterested <laughs> so he wasn't even in danger of getting eaten i think like they weren't even like in the same shot 
I think it might have been like rear projection of the lions walking away. So it just looks great. He's like trying to like hit them with a stick and they just like do do walking by. But the lions just kind of overpower Clyde and he falls and they're about to pounce and Valerie yells and it will be continued next week on chapter seven. So I enjoyed Dorkest Africa much more than the Dork Hunters. Maybe because it was like half of the running time. But there was more action. Less dorks in the Darkest Africa. Yet strangely, Dork Hunters was darker. So maybe it should have been Dark Hunters and Dorkest Africa. Hit me up if you have an idea for something you want me to watch. If you just want to torture me. VelvetAl at Hotmail.com or leave a comment in the comments below if you're listening through something that allows you to leave comments or smoke signals, hand gestures, send a mouse with a birthday cake, any of these ways. Until next time, hope you have a velvet day and hopefully next time I will have figured out a good sign-off line.